Almost Christmas. It's the Thursday before Christmas. Watch out. Be careful. Let's talk about that. And much more on this The End, Part 3, Episode 7. All right. Episode 7, The End, Part 3. Now we're talking about Revelation, uh, the revelation that John had on the island of Patmos. This is him uh, having a vision of heaven and uh, the end of the world. That's why it's called the end. So um, Christmas is coming up. This is a good thing. Christmas was the start of the end, really. Um, Christmas, Jesus came. Uh, then Jesus lived a sinful, sinless life. And then he hung on the cross for our sins. He died, rose the third day, and now he's in heaven at the right hand of God. And we need to have him for salvation. And then the end comes. So we don't know when. Nobody can predict uh, when the end is coming. Nobody knows the exact date. We can see things happening, but really uh, we don't know the exact date. So that's why God says to be ready and ready with Jesus. So we're talking about the end. If you heard the other two uh, parts. This is part three. So then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as Chris, clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Now, now just imagine this. An angel showed me the river of water of life. So water of life. You know, there's always somebody looking for, you know, uh, the city of gold or, you know, the the water that makes you live everlasting. It, it's right here. Jesus is the living water. Jesus is the water that is clear as crystal, that is flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Jesus has the living water that we can live forever. Now, not physically, obviously, but spiritually, we will live forever. Once you're born, once you're conceived, your spirit will live forever, either in heaven or hell. And so this is telling us that there's a water of life, that, that, that we're going to live eternally. And the down of the great street of the city. Now, just check, check this out. Heaven is like a layover. We're, we're in heaven when we die, and then when Jesus comes back, um, we're going to have a new heaven and new earth. Now, I don't know what a new heaven and new earth will look like spiritually, but it's going to be cool. It's going to be better. It's going to be great. It's going to be a city. It's going to be never dark. And then on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. Now, the tree of life. Remember, there were two trees in the garden, the tree of good and evil and the tree of life. Adam and Eve took from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and they sinned, and they were kicked out of the garden. Then uh, there was a tree of life, which all the people who ate from that lived forever, physically and spiritually. So, remember, Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden. There was an angel there with a flaming sword that could not get back in there to eat the tree of life. And so that's why people die. We, we have sin in the world, we have evil, and our bodies are weak, and physically we will die. Well, in, the, in heaven, there is the tree of life that is living there, that, is, that 
yields 12 crops of fruit. Now, why 12? 12 was like the 12 tribes of Israel. It was a good number um, and it was complete. And it's yielding its fruit every month. That means people will be living forever. And leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. So there's going to be nations there. There's going to be cities and nations and wonderful things. And it's going to be a blast. It's not going to be boring. Trust me. It's going to be a blast. And so that starts this off. And then verse three, we're going to get to that next. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. That's going to be awesome. We're going to see God's face to face. We're going to see Jesus face to face. We're going to see the Holy Spirit face to face. We're going to see the angels face to face. We're going to see our loved ones who were following Jesus face to face. We're going to have no more night, no more sun, because the light is going to come from God. And it's going to be on our foreheads, not literally on our foreheads, but it's going to be in our thoughts, our, our being, our whole self is going to be in service to the king on the new heaven and new earth. I mean, don't you want to go there? Don't you want to have that? Every time I read Revelation, it is so awesome and wonderful and beautiful and majestic and all that in a bag of chips. It's going to be great. I don't know why nobody wants that. Why do you not want that? It's awesome. Just live as a Christian, have Jesus as Savior and Jesus as Lord, and just follow what he tells us to do. Now, it's simple to say, and it's hard to do, but with the Holy Spirit, it gets easier as we go along. I'm telling you, it's awesome. Um, And so, here's John, again, writing, verse 6. The angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. John should have been a rapper. Anyway, the Lord, the God who inspires the prophet, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. So we're supposed to be keeping the the prophecy. We're supposed to be keeping what God told us to do. We're supposed to be keeping the encouragement that God is coming back and he's coming soon. Now, his soon and our soon are two different things. Remember, the Bible says one day to him is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. So remember, God doesn't have a watch. God doesn't sit there and go, oh, I'm late. Remember, God is beyond time, beyond space, beyond physical things, beyond everything that you can imagine. Yet he inserts himself and he's a personal God who loves us through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So he's saying, look, I'm coming soon. Hello, people. I'm doing this. Blessed are the person who looks at this prophecy and does what it says. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. If you're not a Christian, become one today. If you are a Christian, this should be encouraging. Both ways. It's going to be awesome. Then he says this in verse 8. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of the scroll. Worship 
God. Here's the, here's the cool thing about angels. Angels will never be worshipped. Angels will tell you, get up. Don't worship me. Actually, they'll say, also, don't be afraid. Now, there's some weird, freaky angels in the Bible. There's wheels upon wheels with eyes that fly around. There's uh, angels with all kinds of wings. There's angels with all kinds of eyeballs. There's angels that are four-headed creatures. There are angels in the Bible that are really freaky to look at. There are angels that are messenger angels. There's a whole heavenly host that's an army of angels that can't even be counted. And there's tons of angels. Now, there's also angels that were thrown out of heaven because they thought they were God and better than God. And those are called demons. Demons are just fallen angels. And then Satan, he is the most beautiful angel, and he is still the most beautiful angel, and he's on earth with his demons. Now, they, they know a little bit, but they are not God. And angels know a little bit. They're not God. So the only one to worship is God, who created all these things anyway. It's awesome. And John was like, okay, fine. Oof, all right. I'm not going to worship you. Then he told me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this scroll, because the time is near. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right. And let the holy person continue to be holy. And we'll talk about verse 11 a little bit more coming up soon. Stay tuned. And we're back. So this verse 11 is very interesting. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. It's kind of a like a smart aleck remark. Like, well, if you're going to do wrong, might as well keep doing it. Which he really doesn't want people to do that. He wants people to change. It's like, you know, I would say everybody's welcome to come to the church building. Everybody's welcome to come hear the word of God. But when you leave, God expects you to change. So you never want to stay the same in your sinful self. You want to change. You want to do better. You want to get... You know, you, you want to practice your faith instead of just coming in hearing and then you never change. God doesn't like that. He wants you to change. He doesn't want you to stay the same. And that's good because if you stayed the same, you would die in your sins and go to hell. And we don't want that. We want to change. We want to change to become like Jesus, who was a servant of all, who loved all, who gave up his life, who defended people, who understood and gave us Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And especially love over all of them. And so he's kind of saying like love, you know, let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right. That's a good one. The person who does right. Now there is a right and the wrong. There's absolute truth. It's always right not to murder. It's always right not to lie. It's always right not to steal. It's always right to not lust. It's always right to give to the poor and the needy. It's always right to help the people in jail and to help the people that are weak. It's always right to love your enemy. They're all right and wrongs. It's not just like, well, I think what I think is right. No. God says this is right. And God says this is wrong. And everything else in the middle is opinion. And we shouldn't fight over opinions or politics. We should be doing the right and not doing the wrong. 
opinions and politics can take care of itself. And if it's an opinion in, in politics, why are we fighting over people? It's America. We have freedom. Anyway. And then it says, let the holy person continue to be holy. Holy means set apart. Set apart for a purpose, a perfect per- per- purpose. Holy means like uh, you're complete. Like if I, uh, you know, made a puzzle and there was one piece missing and I put that piece in, that's a holy piece puzzle that's a complete puzzle that's a perfect puzzle and so the only way to be perfect in god's sight is through jesus because then he'll see jesus and not ourselves and then he thinks that we were perfect or complete or holy set apart for a a job to love one another and to help people come to jesus so again here's john saying hey look and this angel saying hey don't stay the same get with jesus he's coming soon You want to be in heaven. Trust me. You want to be on the new heaven and new earth. You want to do that. Because you don't want the opposite. You really don't want the opposite. The opposite is going to be hell. (laughs) And it's not going to be a party. And you're not going to be around anybody else. And you're not going to, you know, have light. It's going to be dark. It's going to have worms eating you without eating up. You're going to be on fire without burning up. You know, it's just going to be nasty. So wouldn't you rather be on a new heaven and new earth and having a great time and being with God and, and family who follow Jesus? Hmm. I hope you do. So right now, this is the uh, end of part three, episode seven. Um, but I'm going to go into some personal stuff here in a little bit. So right after this, if you want to stay tuned, uh, this is the personal section of uh, Frank Sawicki. So stay tuned. So, personal note on Christmas. Uh, Christmas as a, a kid um, was a little bit of struggle, now looking back at it. Um, we did have some cool gifts. We, we did, you know, get presents. We did celebrate. Um, my mom and dad really hid the fact that we weren't really the richest people in the world. But then looking back, you know, uh, my brother and I weren't really equal in those kind of things. Um, my brother got less than I did, and I really didn't realize that until we kind of got out of the house and got older. Uh, but they tried their best. Um, you know, we did have happy Christmas. Um, I remember my grandmother fixing food for us and all kinds of stuff. And you know, my grandfather sitting down and, and talking to us about Christmas. And, you know, we went to different houses and saw my cousins and, you know, Christmas break. And, uh, you know, we had we had good fun. Sometimes it would snow in Delaware, sometimes not, most of the time not. And uh, it was it was good. Um, but really, Christmas became uh, more interesting or more, uh, I guess, pleasurable um, when we had kids. Um, and just having our own traditions and giving to our kids and seeing their faces. I'm telling you, I really didn't need any gift on Christmas because just seeing my kids' face and their joy of opening those gifts was really, uh, really cool to me. Um, and I love giving gifts. Like, you know, maybe that's an ADH thing, or maybe that's just my love language, but I love giving to people without getting stuff back. Just for a simple fact that I, I just love seeing the reaction. I love surprises. 
I love seeing their appreciation. Um, and it's just, it's just amazing when you can give a present and you don't expect anything back. You know, there's just something about that that is the present itself. Like when you give, you get something back. And not expecting uh, physical things, but just the joy that you experience with that person. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Um, and then um, as they got older, um, gifts got a little bit more expensive. But the joy is still there. And it's really cool for family traditions and things like that. And making cookies at Becky's house, which was crazy this morning. And, um, you know, having Christmas Eve service and... Um, and then Christmas day, you know, playing Santa and, uh, I don't know. It, it's really cool to, to have kids and to see their faces. Um, but now Christmas means a lot more to me. Um, a couple years ago, um, my mother-in-law passed away, but she loved, absolutely loved Christmas. And so I'm not going to be bah humbug anymore. So a lot of times Christmas really got me down because there was so much um, glitter and glam and not really about Jesus. But then when Paulette passed away, um, you know, it became real again. It became about Jesus and joy and loving Christmas all over again. So now I'm in a way different place. Now we're shopping earlier, we're getting a tree earlier, we're getting all of these lights, we decorate more, and I'm just, like, overjoyed. I feel like a kid again. And that's all thanks to Paulette and my wife. Both of them gave me Christmas back again. And that's awesome. So there's my personal view on Christmas. I love Christmas. It's, it's really the only time of year that you can openly talk and sing about Jesus. And then January, everybody else shuts down, but I don't. I like talking all the time. Well, I love you. Jesus loves you too. Thanks for sticking around with me. Um, and hopefully you have a good Christmas and have a good new year. And 2022 is going to be different because hopefully whoever's listening to this becomes a Christian and this will start their journey to a new heaven, a new earth and the end. Join me next time when we wrap this up on part four, the end. Love you. Bye.